welcome to episode five. Are we there already? We are on episode five episode of five. season four. Season uh, four. four. My name is Matt Davis, marketing and community manager slash owner of a giant tentacled monster on my left arm <laughs> with my <laughs> tentacled partner. <laughs> oh, come on. I need, uh, this is strange. How about my, my, my deep? No, deep one sounds a bit worse. <laughs> if if you the king in blue, there you go. You're wearing blue today, so you can be the king. If in you blue. and I were ever to do like maybe I was the wrestler, yeah. and you were the ring announcer, yeah. or boxer, or whatever, you were yeah. introducing me down to the ring. You wouldn't if, come out. <laughs> not to that. Not to that introduction. No. Yes, my name is Matthew Walker, the audio guy behind what you're currently hearing. <laughs> uh, well, <laughs> thank you for joining me today, Matt. Um, we have had a rip roaring time over these last few episodes. It's been insane. We've covered quite a diverse range of topics yeah and yeah. uh today we're going to be going into a topic that's quite close to my heart well, it's mm-hmm. a story that i love a genre that i'm very interested in and to thomas rollings who will be joining us a little bit later on yeah which is cthulhu 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 um We'll discuss the pronunciations a bit later, mm-hmm. but um, but yeah, I I also should probably say this is also hashtag sad face because this will be my last episode. Is this the this, is this it? no? This is it. This I've is, been dreading this. This moment. is season four, episode five. This will be my my last one to to be to be going on with. So uh, see now you could probably put in a, a history of me saying right, <laughs> Get right, 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 right. That's all I've done. No, don't do that. Be awful. I thought you were going to say <laughs> I can put in some sympathetic emotional violin. Just oh to yeah, really yeah, yeah. As long as it's up. not a ukulele. <laughs> <laughs> follow Thank us on tw- follow us on Twitter and you'll uh, you'll you'll see. You'll, you wait. You wait. You see the war that's going on currently between the two of us on online. Um, but yeah, no. Unfortunately, this is the uh, this is my sad departure from Auric Digital. So um, we well, by the time this comes out, we'll have a new marketing and community person in position, and I am fully confident that they will know that be incredible, wonderful, even better than I could ever hope to aspire to. And I'm I'm very excited to see all the stuff that comes out. But um, yeah, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be amazing off. So I'm gonna be. Uh, Going off to work in the government. That's what I'm going to be doing. Which is almost as fun it's, as working. <laughs> yes, yes, it is. I should, almost. Like, almost. Almost is exciting. No, I'm really excited about the challenge. I really look forward to it. But um, no, I just thought I'd take this opportunity to say a big thank you to everyone who listens. Big thank you for everyone who's been picking up these episodes, you know, joining us on our journey. I mean, we started, t- it's a year ago now that we've had uh, this and we're, we're, we're already up to season season four. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, you know, looking down season five. But, I am very confident that Auric Digital is going in the right direction. You know, I, I fully believe that companies going to go from strength to strength. Is that why why we're offing you? We've got yeah. we now got we got rid I mean, of the dead weight. Get rid- now we can go in the right direction. <laughs> finally been able to. You've nothing but hold this up for a year, Matt. So and we thought, you know, for my for my final episode, we talk about something that I particularly like, yeah, which yeah. is you know Cthulhu. So why not? So um yeah uh well we'll probably talk a little bit more in the end of the episode, but let's let's get a more positive note, shall we? Let us get let us get into a more positive vibe and let's get into the potted history of Cthulhu games. So we are now going to dive into uh, well our last couple of episodes we did uh, that we did a sort of potted history of uh, seems to go down very well people seem mm. to enjoy those so we thought we'd talk about a subject that's very close to myself and Thomas Rawlings' heart uh, and thank you again Tom for joining us right now it's very close to your left arm as well very close yeah. to my left arm in fact it takes up a large portion <laughs> of my left arm uh, which is a potted history of Cthulhu games. Um, 
Should 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 you post a a picture uh, in the show notes of your left arm? I think I will. Actually, you know, what? I'm going to post the picture I did for Acts and Cthulhu Tactics, which was me in my Cthulhu T-shirt with my Cthulhu tattoo playing. Were you showing the full tactics? Oh right, yeah, there's a lot of Cthulhu. That's breaking the fourth wall there. There's a lot of Cthulhu in there. I do have two big tentacles next to my desk at home <laughs> right. as well. Okay. I wonder what you're going to say. <laughs> yeah, yeah, two, two tentacles for legs. This is a family <laughs> podcast. <laughs> so, oh, man. Uh, so, um, but we are going to talk uh, just a little bit more about um, Cthulhu, just Cthulhu in general. So um, for those of you who maybe are less aware, uh, what is Cthulhu? Where does the story come from? What, what's that? And is the, is that the correct pronunciation? Is mm. the first debate everybody has? Yes. Um, well, Lovecraft intended the word to be difficult to pronounce, and that's why it's spelt. So, arguably, there's no such thing as a correct pronunciation. Mm-hmm. So, Cthulhu, Cthulhu, however you want to say it, you know, no one can say you're wrong. Mm. But I think Cthulhu has become the kind of the the kind of most commonly used yeah. version. Uh, when we did the Acton Cthulhu Tactics podcast, we covered a lot more about who Cthulhu is and what that is. I mean, I'll rush through it briefly now, but I think if people want more detail, I think we go into a lot more detail there. So super quick introduction. What what we now call the Cthulhu mythos uh, was predominantly created by a, a writer called H.P. Lovecraft, predominantly working around um, the turn of the last century, uh, sort of 1910 into the 1930s. Um and he created a series of stories that he ended up interlinking with a series of creatures, the most famous of which now, but not necessarily then, mm. is The Call of Cthulhu. Uh, and then because they had this idea, lots of the other authors in that circle would riff off each other. They would, they would play, you know, they would kind of let in jokes. They'd use each other's monsters. They'd use spell books and characters off each other. So you find that the kind of what happened in effect, they created like an open source horror community. And then it's pretty as, cool. Yeah, it's very, yeah. it's very cool. So as they bothered, so you know, other famous ones are um the King in Yellow is is like Lovecraft was a fan of the King in Yellow, which is a stories written by Robert Chambers, but he himself borrowed the some of the concepts from there, like Carcosa from Ambrose Be- Ambrose Beers. Um other people within Lovecraft's circle included like Robert E. Howard, who's famous for Conan. He, you, a model of mine. That's yeah. right to aspire to in my life. <laughs> he also wrote a series, another barbarian called um Bran Mac Morn. Who's is like a Pictish barbarian? Okay, um, uh, and then uh, you know, there's a whole bunch of other authors in there, but I, I guess the other one that's often noted is Robert Block, who who was famous for writing Psycho, um, and they they all kind of like I say they they riffed off each other, they wrote stories, they they kind of played around, and so over time this this large body of work, and then I, I guess after Lovecraft died, he wasn't that famous, he wasn't yeah. hugely known. Yeah, um, is Da Vinci? I've heard it. Is it Da Vinci that he was wasn't famous in his lifetime? Or no? Uh... Chopped his ear off. Oh, uh, Van Gogh. Van Gogh. Van Gogh. Yeah, he yeah. didn't really have as much. Um, just, as... just interestingly, he was only part of it, not his whole year. There you go. I, I played him in a musical once. <laughs> yeah. There, there we go. go. But again, he wasn't as effective in his in his own life. And then when he died, then yeah. his work became more prevalent and yeah, more and interesting. That, and a guy called Augustus Delath, who was a massive fan of Lovecraft and was very good at writing pastiches uh, of his. And in fact, he did loads of Arthur Conan Doyle. He wrote a series of pastiches called um, The Adventures of Solar Ponds, which was mm. his Sherlock Holmes pastiche. Mm. Um, he He's both like revered and reviled by a lot of Lovecraftian fans because he both is, is largely responsible for preserving Lovecraft's work and popularizing it. But also he inserted himself into Lovecraft's canon, wrote his own stuff 
and often like gave himself equal or billing with Lovecraft in things that weren't really Lovecraft's work. So it, it, it's kind of mixed. But I think that whole open source thing over time, because of, of its time, a lot of the authors around there were a little bit racist, I, a little I was bit sexist. Say, this, is, this is an important thing to strike on because I think this is one of the things that a lot of people I speak to about H.P. Lovecraft and about the stories of Cthulhu don't know about that about that time and about him as an author and then how that translates to how the mythos has developed now. Like, um, to, to not put too uh, fine a point on it, I mean, Lovecraft was a bit of a racist and a bit of a sexist. And he, uh, was, and he was an anti-Semite. Yeah. He was a xenophobe. Mm-hmm. You know, and and a lot listen- of writers were as well. Yeah, I was like, yeah. listening to another podcast where they were talking about, like, The Mountains of Madness, the film that, that never got made. And one of the one of the the presenters on that podcast said, you know, Lovecraft is a bit of a dick, um, <laughs> but we we've got to separate out the the you know the 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 artist from the person, yeah. the, the the art from the, the art, yeah, the yeah, art, sorry, yeah. from from the person, and 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 I think where that's been done most interestingly is of le- recently you've had loads of people riffing off Lovecraft's work and and the mythos and the kind of wider mythos, but reinventing it in in mm. really interesting ways that take on those issues. So I guess I would know um, there's a really good book called The Ballad of Black Tom by Victor Lavelle, uh, and he revisited a Lovecraft story called The Horror at Red Hook, which is a very racist story, mm. but he tells it from the point of view of a black man living in New York at that time, experiencing that. So yep. it's, it's a great novel. Yep. There's another one that I'm a big fan of called The Dream Quest of Villette Beau, and that's uh, uh, an author called Kiki Johnson. And she took Lovecraft's The uh, Dream Quest of Unknown Cadith, which basically is almost devoid of female characters, and set it from the point of view of a female character. Mm. And it's a great story. Really highly recommend it. And so I think that's where it's been interesting stuff being done as people take it on. So I think you can't ignore it, but at the same time, you can't allow it to define it because so many other people have added to the mythos, and it is it is effectively out of copyright, so it is open source. I mean, that's that's the that's the love of it that that I have is that it's been so sort of like it's been so like reused and repurposed and retaken in really interesting and new directions that it's it's almost like the gestation of the idea is all that's been needed to spark all this creativity and these ideas, like you know, like. And, and we're going to come on to the, the games and stuff that have inspired out of it. But like, y- you you really do get that sense that it's now a community that is driving this forward, not mm. the person. Lovecraft almost is just the person that wrote it. Then we shouldn't be being. I mean, it's great that he came up with the idea, but that's about where it ends. Yeah, his life, yeah. his views, his politics, his everything else, all become secondary to this great idea that has now birthed yeah, yeah, into yeah. everything yeah. else that we're able to use and and love and enjoy. Yeah, abso- absolutely. And, and I think that's I think that's the interesting thing with. It is you can take a piece of this Cthulhu-y clay, this protoplasm, and shape it into the thing you want it to be. You're not defined by the past. You're not defined by it was, and that's why it's still so vibrant. I think if it if it didn't have that, we'd be talking about somebody else. Yeah, this absolutely. would not be what we'd be discussing. So um, let's then move on to a topic that's a little closer to our hearts. Let's talk about Cthulhu in video games, because obviously there's again, like we did when we did the uh, history of car combat, we could go down a pathway of TV shows and videos and blah, 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 all this stuff. But we'd like to try and refine ourselves. We only have a short amount of your time uh, to be able to get this across. So video games, let's talk about where it is. And obviously we're not going to go through every single one because there are so many. <laughs> yeah, it would, yeah, we'd be here all day. Um, and it would just be a massive list of games. Uh, I mean, just before we dive into video games, I think we should, we, we kind of, to get a sense of the chronology of it, we do need to start briefly 
with the original game that came out of Lovecraft's work, which is the role-playing game Call of Cthulhu, which was written by Sandy Peterson, published by Chaosium back in 1981. Um, and that is the kind of, for a lot of people, that's how they got into it. And that's, I think, a seminal work of gaming that has influenced then the video game side. Yeah, absolutely. So I kind of want to touch on that first. In, in, in doing sort of research for this, I found a really great, uh, actually White Dwarf right. did a review of it in 1982, which White Dwarf back in the day was not entirely Games Workshop stuff. They used to cover everything. Right. used to, because it was predominantly a shop selling, yeah. you know, Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. They didn't have many of their own I products never realized in the early they used days. to cover stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah interesting. Yeah. So they did a review of it, a guy called Ian Bailey. He gave it a nine out of 10 and saying, Call of Cthulhu is an excellent game and a welcome addition to the world of role playing. Um, so, that that's that's pretty cool and uh, one other sort of want to touch on that is that by the time they got to fourth edition so this is 1990 uh, a guy called jim bambra he reviewed it in white dwarf then saying fourth edition contains enough adventures to keep any group happily entertained and sanity blasted i mentioned that because jim bambra was my boss when i worked at a company called pivotal games <laughs> okay um so it all it all looped around in fact <laughs> he was into lovecraft as well oh awesome and um i think uh you know he wasn't your inspiration for getting into it was it you had no that no i came like... yeah i came around it before but but i think we need to mention sandy peterson's work we that kind of has to be firmly in mind before we kind of jump back into you know and it, it'll see as we come so arguably the first lovecraftian game is uh, a game alone in the dark and that's 92 if you look at the cover of it it really looks like the cover of um the original call of cthulhu role-playing game yeah and in fact it says on the on the on the box it says a virtual adventure game inspired by the work of hp lovecraft so it's kind of very obvious but i think it's also notable alone in the dark that arguably it's the first survival 3d survival horror game mm. so a lot of those elements like resident evil and yeah. things yeah, like that yeah, yeah yeah have really taken on you know the influence is there so as well as being influenced by lovecraft that game then itself influenced gaming so it's quite a seminal game in that sense then jumping forward a little bit and again i'm not going to go through everything i'm just picking out the things that that leap out at me really mm. uh shadow of the comet um which was 1993 See, i've never heard of any of these ones shadow of the comet Dolwich horror and shadow of Innsmouth. Well, Shadow of the Comet is based on, is is roughly the, the Dunwich Horror and the Shadow of Innsmouth Lovecraft stories that right. have been sort of turned into that. Using and the same format. Yeah, they use roughly the story elements. But it's basically a kind of very old school point and click adventure. Okay. So 2D, there's a character on the screen who moves around, yeah, you yeah. click on different things, the character goes over, it's, you know, kind of assemble things, it's dialogue. They did a follow-up Prisoner of Ice, mm. which is loosely based on a Lovecraft's at the Mountains of Madness. Yep. Uh, and then you get into a different genre now. Foghorn ready. Yeah. <laughs> XCOM, Terror from the Deep. That's 1995. <laughs> and we covered these in our deep dive into history of turn-based um, strategy games. But really, it's the kind of deep ones, Lovecraft yeah. deep ones that are kind of in there. And I think, again, it's it's interesting because, you know, we, we're looking at roughly about five-year period over which we've covered in this. And it's covered three quite different genres yeah. Yeah. that have been done. And then the one that I actually... Didn't I played this at the time, but I didn't clock it all. Yeah, I was going to say, this, yeah, is, this has been a new one. Yeah, Quake. That's that not something I would have thought had been connected. That you is, can't record re uh, reactions in podcasts. But I just saw that. And I'm like, whoa. There's a look at that, that forehead, yeah. like cr so, creased in incredulity. <laughs> yeah, yeah so, so Quake of the title is actually the code name for Shub Niggereth, which is one of Lovecraft's sort of monsters. Mm. And it's basically the final boss, you know, and honors the Hell Mother, the All Mother, the Witch Goddess. And so it's it's all the creatures in Quake essentially answer to this boss. So Quake is at its heart a Lovecraftian adventure, even mm. though Lovecraft stuff tended not to have shotguns. 
Yeah. In fact, there's not yeah. a lot of fighting in Lovecraft stuff. Yeah. Which is why it's a lot read, of running away. Yeah. If you, read, if you read Robert E. Howard's Lovecraftian stuff, mm. like especially ones with Conan, like Conan tends to solve his problems with the sword. Yeah. You know, it's very, very much that as you do in Quake, you solve it with violence. Whereas Lovecraft's <laughs> characters tend to just go a bit bonkers and, you know, die. Yeah. Uh, the next one on the list, I don't know if you know, but apart from two others that will appear soon enough, is my favourite of the Cthulhu games. I did not know so this. I absolutely love Call of Cthulhu Dark Corners of the Earth. It came out, I've got it on the Xbox, the original Xbox. I've still got the box for it somewhere. Um, I absolutely loved that game to death. I thought it was when I first, I remember being at university, tells you how old I am, but it, I got given the, I remember picking the game up and playing it on my Xbox, and I remember playing it in a darkened room. You know, with the the lights out, and for those who haven't played it, it's a it it's a very psychological game. It's a very deep game that like really, really takes you takes you into that world because you play a, a detective who goes off and has to investigate this mansion, and then it turns out you were being waited for this whole time, and then you go mad, and then you wake up and you have to go back to the town to work out what's gone on. And the mechanics in it are just like. Things will happen in the game that are a little bit weird, like you'll see something that shouldn't be there and the camera starts fuzzing around the outside and you start like not being able to see things properly. And then you also like you only have like six bullets <laughs> like in the in the game. So when you see a monster and a creature, you're like, do I fire? But if I fire, everyone will know where I am. So do I st- do I do that or do I just hide? And so just it's ignore very alien isolation. It, it, very proto that. Yeah, but it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I think it's, it's notable because like, I think I first came across it. I was actually at E3, so uh, it was one of the f- first time I think I ever went to E3, the big games event, mm. and they were they were um, they were doing press demos there. And, right. I, and obviously, as a Lovecraftian fan at the time, I kind of snuck in to see have a go on this game. And they were giving away copies of of the rule book oh, to cool. people. <laughs> so they gave me, and I, I think I I didn't have a press badge, but but like I was in there, and they gave me that. I was like, brilliant! This is great. I got to play this game, <laughs> and they've given me a copy of the Call of Cthulhu rule book, which I already had. So Amazing. I had a spare copy then. But How I, to infiltrate E3 yeah. by yeah. Oral digital? <laughs> but I think I think it's notable in that, and maybe this is a subject for another podcast. Games that have grown, like uh, and when it came out, it wasn't wasn't that well. It, it no. bombed commercially. Yeah. Yeah, 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 it wasn't that well received. Yeah, but over time, as well, yeah. I made it sound like it was like a. 10 out of 10 games yeah, everyone loves but, but over yeah. time it's really grown in reputation mm. and I think deservedly so I, I agree with you I think it's a really good game yeah. and I think yeah. I think it's the suspense in it is, yeah, a, is it, amazing I think it's very it, it's it's fair that it's been reappraised so again doing research for this I noticed that PC Gamer put it as 87 on mm. their list of best PC games of all time in 2011 yeah. so that's notable that that was yeah so six years after it came out mm. they're kind of starting to recognise it and I think that will just kind of grow so yeah great game yeah uh, a few others I want to mention, Sherlock Holmes The Awakened, which is by Frogwares. Anyone who mentioned that, they're lovely people, Frogwares. Uh, and they are currently doing The Sinking City, which I think yes. will be published by Big Ben. Which looks very um, cool. Yeah, which looks very, very cool. So very cool. definitely got my eye on that. Mm-hmm. Uh, 2010, Cthulhu Saves the World. <laughs> yeah. A really different take. Yeah, You're now yeah, yeah. Cthulhu. <laughs> it's If you've not played it, it's kind of like a, a, like a JRPG. Okay. The script is very funny. Yeah, it is it's, hilarious. Have you played it? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah like, I mean, it's it's like... Cthulhu like lost a lot of its horror in a way over the years because people do everything Cthulhu plushies. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's definitely it all became a bit cutesy, didn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and then 2012, uh, a game came out called Call of Cthulhu: The Wasted Land, and that was my first. I was going to say overtly yeah. <laughs> Cthulhu game yeah. that I'd worked on. This is a game I've been wanting to make for ages. Uh, so we used a World War World War One setting, um, 
and uh, I, I loosely use some of uh, Herbert West Reanimator yeah. um, as part of it, as well as uh, Call of Cthulhu within there and mashed a bunch of stuff up. Very, very proud of that game. You know, I won a couple of awards for it and, and still super proud of that. And then 2013, I mentioned Chainsaw Warrior. It's so not, I was going to say, this yeah. is interesting in, 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 in see, terms I'm, of the lore. <laughs> yeah, I see, I don't pick all these things, but I mention it just because that's a game we did. Mm. Um, uh, and it's a, it, I didn't see it as a Lovecraftian game, but when I didn't into after doing Chainsaw Warrior, so in 2013, the original is 1989, the board game. I did an interview with Stephen Han, the designer, and he mentioned that actually Lovecraftian stuff was one of a, of a variety of influences that went into it. So the Chaos Cultists in there, he said, kind of came to him from Lovecraftian yeah. stuff. And you for can find example. out a little bit more about that in our Chainsaw Warrior episode as well. Yes, if you want to go back and dive, have a listen yeah, to hustle, that, hustle, but yeah. more of that, we'll talk about that. Um, then there's a game called The Last Door. Last Door is another point and click, so we've gone back into a genre, but it's pixel art, and I'd, I'd recommend people check it out because they're actually really effective at doing horror in pixel art because the two doesn't sound like it should work, mm. but it actually works very well. And in fact, I backed another game they're doing on Kickstarter, which is, I'm not sure how Lovecraftian it is, but it's like a kind of 2D Dark Souls combat oh, cool. game okay. called Blasphemous. Yes, yeah, 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 the really super metal nice. one. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah really we were talking good. about this, yeah. Yeah, so yeah, looking forward to that. Um, 2016 Darkest Dungeon which I think a lot of people would have heard of yeah so, Darkest Dungeon yeah. is a mm. great game uh, big fan of it uh, again you, it's so Lovecraftian like the, the the company that made it is Red Hook Studios <laughs> they've got like DLC called The Color, uh, uh, the color of Madness again, which is Color this, Out of Space I think this really what it shows is this idea that, that again they're taking and it comes back to that point I was making earlier that we were taking an idea and taking it down a different pathway that you that you might not have thought about and and even though it might not be overtly again Chains of War is a good example of this it might not overtly be a Cthulhu game and it has to have the words Call of Cthulhu or Cthulhu does this it's much more like here is the inspiration yeah. And we're taking it and we're taking it our direction. And we're going to, although they then did the Color of Madness DLC, which kind yeah. of offsets well, they, that a little well, they, bit. They, but... they do, because it's like you're, you're going into this ancestral home to try and find relics. And and as you, the darkness of that drives you all your, your characters slightly insane. And they go insane in different ways. I mean, it's, as, as a sanity system, and it's interesting you mention it with Dark Corners of the Earth, they have the kind of idea of, you know, going insane. Yep. It's a common theme. And again, going back to Sandy Peterson's work on the original Call of Cthulhu with the sanity mechanic. Yeah. Lots of Lovecraftian games riff off that sanity mechanic in different ways, yeah. which I think makes it really interesting. But I think, yeah, Darkest Dungeon for me, I think they've done one of the best interpretations of the psychological thing and how they make it gameplay mm. of any game, really. I think it's, it's a brilliant game. I'm a big fan. Yeah. Um, so 2018, I also want to mention Cultist Simulator by Weather Factory, mm-hmm. which, is a, which is a really unusual take on a card game. Um, but it's 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 a brilliant game. Yeah. I think, um, I, like I said, back to on Kickstarter. So we spotted its genius early on. But it's <laughs> yeah. a great game. Thoroughly yeah. recommend. And in fact, they are currently. I think they're going to be doing another Kickstarter for a game about a character who runs a library with strange books in or something oh, like cool. that. It sounds, sounds really cool. intriguing. Sounds very interesting. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, very cool. We should stick a link in the yeah. show notes to it. Um, same year, a bunch of Cthulhu games come out. Twenty eighteen. So Act on Cthulhu Tactics. Yep. Which we have three podcasts that cover in depth. Yeah, but <laughs> really in depth in that one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but we should run through. So it's based on Modifius's uh, role-playing game and miniatures tactics games of the same name. Yeah, uh, and that's our kind of take on that. And in a way, lots of the ideas that I wanted to do with the wasted land kind of came back through in that. And in fact, one of the characters is the same as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, very proud of that. I think it's a great game, and and do it's on. Uh, it, it's well worth checking out. Yep. So so please do. And that's on PC, Xbox, Switch, PlayStation. and PlayStation. Yeah. Uh, also 2018 was Call of Cthulhu, the official video game 
developed by Cyanide yep. uh, and published by Focus Home. I mentioned big Cyanide. lot of attention around them as well. Yeah, big a lot of attention. Yeah, yeah, it was a big, you know, big game IP. Uh, I think what I found, again, Cyanide, they, they make one of my favorite games, which is Blood Bowl. Oh, right. Okay, made the yeah, digital yeah, version yeah, of Blood yeah, Bowl, yeah. which I'm a big, big fan of. Yeah. So uh, it's actually on my list to play. I, yeah. I have it, but I haven't actually... I've still not got around to it. Like, I was really hyped when it first came out. And I've got... Yeah, I've just, it's just been sitting there waiting for me to yeah. play. I've just not got around I've, to doing uh, it Well, yet. normally when I get... I'm playing too much of those stupid football games. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> when I get Christmas, it's often my time when I get some time to just yeah. sit down and play. So hopefully do it then. Uh, and then, uh, you know, again, not we, we've far from gone through anything, but I do want to mention Dark Future, which is our game from this year, 2019. And again, it's like, oh, come on, you're banging on about Cthulhu with everything. But there is a connection. It's very tangential, but I feel we have to mention it. Uh, and so within the novel Demon Download, there's, there's a scene where one of the characters talks about all of the strange beings uh, that are like, there's a big list of deities that are trying to do something to the the world they're trying to destroy the the kind of causality and sanity in the normal world and within this massive list of 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 gods uh and and lots of them are, are real ones like quetzalcoatl um you know you've also got thing the death bird pan you mm, know the, mm. the loki pluto but within there as well is nyathlatep yeah which is one of lovecraft's yep. the king in yellow which is the robert chambers and Ambrose Bierce one, and also Yog Sothos, which is another uh, mm. Cthulhu one, which is the kind of the, the crawling chaos. So, I think I think again, there's this kind of, and and this sounds like con- I've not Dark Future and Chains of War. I did not consciously say let's have games with Cthulhu in. <laughs> yeah. They just happen to have it. Yeah. And I think to me, the reason I mention it is it's so pervasive now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it's such an interesting current. It runs through lots of geek culture, which yeah. is great. Yeah, yeah. Try reading one of my like marketing reports. It's full of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they're just like, yeah, <laughs> Cthulhu. Just like, ah. it's just a reels off on the end. It's just, <laughs> yeah. you have to have a candle every time you read one of yeah. them. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so I mean, you know, within I mean, that's a rather broad overview of, of of video games in general. I mean, just to ask you quickly, do do you have a favorite in that list? Is there one that you're particularly like? I've already thrown my hat in the ring. I think Dark Corners of the Earth is is is, and I would recommend anyone who wants to go back that has already picked up Act on Cthulhu Tactics <laughs> to go and have a look at Dark Corners because I really yeah, think it gets the immersion really well. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm I mean, of our games, I'm I'm super proud of of Wasted Land and super proud of the work we did on um, uh, Acton Cthulhu Tactics. And they're both overtly Cthulhu games. So other than our stuff, I think probably, yeah, probably Darkest Dungeon is one I play the most of, should we say. with everything considered, like what what Cthulhu game would you love to play moving forward? Like something that hasn't been done, set like an interesting concept, a new setting. Jet set Cthulhu. Yeah, no, they I mean, do it on a Cthulhu look like manager or something. I think that, <laughs> Team that's, manager. that's what's interesting about it is I, I don't know because it's so you could do so many interesting things with it. Somebody will come along and do something. Mm. What would you love mm. though? Like right now? Yeah, well, I don't want to say because we want to make the thing. Like that. <laughs> <laughs> no. It, it, so, I mean, I'm, I suppose I'm looking, right, right now I'm looking forward to Frogwares, um, The Sinking City. I'm mm. very much yeah. looking forward yeah, to yeah, that. Yeah, that's so, good. Yep. So that, that would be the thing I'm looking forward to, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, um, if we want to just like kind of dive ourselves back into you know into into some of the other things, what 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 else is happening in the world of like 
Cthulhu gaming in general? Like, you know, is there anything on the horizon? Is there anything that's like out now that we should be looking at or things that have been in the past? Well, uh, yeah, if we go back to the physical games for a bit. So I mentioned the Call of Cthulhu role playing game, which which we should. In- interestingly, Dungeons and Dragons, which is obviously, the, the you know, the, the kind of the big daddy to all role playing games. They released, uh, they released a supplement in the early days. I think it's called... De- deities and demigods but not off the top of my head i can't remember yeah but but basically they had they had all the cthulhu mythos in it they had loads of stormbringer so yeah. um bunch of but they didn't have the copyright for a load of the stuff in it uh, okay i'm not not sure if lovecraft was out of copyright then but the other stuff certainly they had in it wasn't right well, they didn't have the copyright so they withdrew it from sale right so it's actually really valuable if you get hold of so anyway, it's got like cool. lo- yeah it's got like <laughs> you know it's got like shogoths and cthulhu and that in a oh, D setting yeah <laughs> I think there's another there's another setting that came out of that that kind of used the rule set of Call of Cthulhu. Although I think they they they've also used other shoot systems like the Gumshoe. One called Delta Green. Oh, I love Delta Green. Yeah, Delta Green's a, great so, setting. So originally, nineteen 19- like the X Files. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Like it's Cthulhu. kind of X Files Cthulhu. Yeah. So it has this kind of. If aliens. you like those two things already and don't know about Delta yeah, Green, what I, I are don't you want to say exactly <laughs> what the setting is because it will kind of spoil it. Mm. But it's, it it if you like the X Files and you like Call of Cthulhu, then this is the game for you. So I think it was first uh, nineteen ninety two. Uh, where they they kind of add it in a there was a, a pagan publishing used to do this fanzine and they did a supplement in uh, they did an article in there that that kind of outlined this a bit and it was very popular so by 1997 they'd done their own full source book of it uh, and they've done loads of stuff since I, again we we've backed uh, their last Kickstarter to do some some stuff in that the novels the the novels they've done of Delta Green uh, by short stories I think they're very very good so I'm a big fan of that I, I like that a lot. Um, other ones I think well worth mentioning again, I would mention uh, Man- Man- Mansions of Madness, which is Fancy Flight. That was 2011. That's a classic board game. Really it's good great. Board game. Very, yeah. very good. Really, really, really good. Um, Sandy Peterson returned uh, a couple of years ago with Cthulhu Wars, which is a, a, a large area conflict, a sort of area control Think like Risk with Cthulhu. That, although I'm underselling it because it's a much more complicated game yeah, than that. Yeah. And it's it's a really good. The minis in it are well, oh, they're the not miniatures. Min- I say I say minis. And they're, they're not, they're huge. Yeah. <laughs> they're absolutely yeah, the, ginormous. The, the, and they're beautiful. <laughs> the creature design in it yeah. is absolutely yeah, fantastic. Yeah. And it's it's a great game, well designed. It's it's brilliant. Re- very, very pleased. Very pleased when I got a copy of that to yeah. play. It's great. Yeah. Uh, other ones, well, Conan, which we mentioned before. So Modiphius, who did the uh, Act on Cthulhu that we mentioned, um, they also publish the Cthulhu, uh, the Conan role-playing game, and recently yeah. they put out one called Unspeakable Cults, oh, cool. which is a guide to religion in the Conan world, which includes some of these Lovecraftian yeah. things, because as I say, Robert E. Howard had that connection back to it. Um, and obviously they've got their own role-playing game, the yeah. Act on Cthulhu, t- um, and they've got their own tactics game as well. They're both great. And again, their minis are fantastic. Yeah, very, their miniature design, stuff, which we yeah. use, are really good. Uh, and I guess then one I'd touch on finally, which again, it's a tangential thing, but Ogre, which we did the board game port yeah, of, yeah. Um, they did yeah, Ogre Thulu. Yeah, I did not realise Ogre Thulu was a thing until I came into this office. And then knowing Tom as I do now, I was like, well, I'm not surprised you won't. <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> I'm not surprised this has been something that we've collected yeah. out from here. But um, give us a very quick, what is, is it just an yeah, it no, for it's, it? Is it? What it's does a, it do? Is it change it's kind the game? Of, yeah, it's Ogre meshed with Cthulhu. So it's like a mutated Ogre. Ogres are the giant cybernetic tanks. Yeah. And then there's a kind of Cthulhu tank. So it's a tank with this strange Cthulhu, like, like eye and these weird like crab-like tentacles. It's like Smart. a separate set of rules yeah. where you can yeah, play yeah. like this. It's very cool. And then there's some also some kind of creatures that go with it as well. I, I can't um, think of a better mashup though. Oh, oh good, <laughs> Thulu. Like, that's it's insane. A, it's a good combo. It's a yeah. good combo. No, I, I I mean again, I think I think as as we've touched on earlier, like the 
Cthulhu, doing a potted history of Cthulhu is very tricky. <laughs> you know, it is, it is probably a series in itself to go through everything and look at all the details. And there are plenty of podcasts out there that are exclusively Cthulhu related or Cthulhu game related. I think one of the things that we've really drawn out of this, though, is that like in the in the stories of Cthulhu and in the in the types of messages that come out of it, there is that sort of there is that ability to just take it your own direction, but you've also got the core building foundation, the, sorry, the foundation blocks that you need to make a good story because it's mysterious, it's weird, you could go mad, there's this ultimate power that you don't know about and you're taking it off in these wacky directions, even things like the cutesy Cthulhu versus Tesla, you know, <laughs> bullet shooter game <laughs> is 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 drawing on that and making it something else, you know? It's yeah, like, yeah. People people riff off that, but I think at the core, the core existential horror that Lovecraft tapped into is this idea of that far from us being the masters of the universe, the most important species, the central point, which many, you know, previous ideologies and religions put humans at the heart of it all. Um, his his horror was you, you're not you're not at the heart of it. You're not even you're actually a really minor bit player. Yeah, yeah. In fact, you're insignificant. The, the, these Titanic energies of these great beings that we call gods because they're so big and unknowable mm. we just can't quantify them um but they are essentially aliens it's really science fiction yeah. that, that 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 we're nothing to them no more than ants we care about an ant you know ant that we might tread on yeah you know and that that was the kind of horror that he he got across and in a way i think even the cthulhu plushies maybe people aren't consciously aware of what they're doing but it's an attempt to engage with with the horror of our own mortality yeah and that, oh. that, that's the horror it faces you with. I've never been able to explain my tattoo better to anyone. <laughs> well, basically, it's a mirror into your soul. <laughs> yeah, well, I, think, I think it does. Like, that, that, like the, the mortality of us as individuals and the mortality of us as species, because the, the fate of all species is, is to live, who live is to die. No species is immutable. No yep. species lasts forever. We yeah. might might still be something of us in other things, but eventually we move on. And Lovecraft, Lovecraft touches on a lot of this stuff with, with the way he, you know, something like the Shoggoths, for example, mm. which are in Act on Cthulhu Tactics, you know, these kind of protoplasmic beings that were used as a slave race, but that over, you know, rose up to try and overthrow people. They, again, they, they have this kind of, this raw idea of horrors is that actually a human beings were just a, a kind of side offshoot of the, the project to make people to get biscuits down from a high shelf you know with <laughs> yeah. big tentacles or something like that <laughs> yeah, yeah it's you know it, yeah. again it, we ju it just makes us not special and i think that is you know when you consider you know big issues that humanity faces yeah i think it's nice to remember that we don't control anything far from it and that's why you know working together is a, is a better thing than not yeah which is a positive take on the <laughs> no, existential dread, dread, of, <laughs> dread of Lovecraftian <laughs> yeah. horror. Has there be, ever been anything highly romanticised? It's all very horror-centric. Has there ever been you know, some novel, a, a game, or or even a film maybe that's more like romanticised with, with Cthulhu as, as a centric being within that? When you say romanticised, you're not talking about dating simulator. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think we I mean, are exist already for that. Yeah. I think that but, no, but just something. Like, I mean, that, that seems like an interesting... We're talking about setting just now. Like, where mm. I would love to see... It go there. Could it go there? Like, well, I suppose what, what Cthulhu saves the world that? is the closest. Yeah. The closest of the ones I've played to mm. to making Cthulhu a, you know, trying to understand Cthulhu's point of view. But actually, there is a Neil game. I think it's a Neil Gaiman short story called I Cthulhu, mm. where he tells the thing from Cthulhu's point of view. Right. 
which is obviously yeah not our point of view. Yeah, 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 maybe, yeah. maybe that's as close. See, as all, all of a sudden, yeah. I'm much more drawn to that kind of sympathetic. Yeah, approach. it's free free online. I think yeah. you just Google. Yeah. But also, do be sympathetic to us because he's not a nice, but not, not well, a nice thing. Until you know where he's coming from. <laughs> yes, that's very true. Yeah, yeah. yeah no, I still the think he's probably thing. a little bit of a b word. But <laughs> yeah. um, Tom, thank you very much. Again. Really yeah, appreciate well, coming you in. So yeah. appreciate it, and uh, we'll speak to you on the next episode. So. I kind of feel like I need a beer or a, or, 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 or a cider or something to ease the existential dread I'm feeling about my place in the grand universe. <laughs> I mean, just looking back at the content um, of season four, wow. um, we've, we've gone into space, yep. gone to Mars, yep. gone, gone to underwater, Easter, gone underwater. Um, we've been to a whole lot of places and it's, it's weird that that's the final been, one is our soul. That seems to be the theme, right? And you're, you're doing something very, very similar. You're kind of firing yourself off into another dimension, it oh, seems. A whole new place, and, uh, whole new world. You is... will be missed, man. Oh, thank You'll you. Be missed. Thank you, Matthew Walker. I, yeah, I know I'm gonna I'm gonna miss these chats, I'm gonna miss this together, but I am I Let's not kill ourselves. These aren't chats, it's just you talking at me whilst I hit record <laughs> and, and watch levels. And nodding. It's <laughs> very important yeah. in a conversation with me. <laughs> I think though, no, honestly, I'm I'm very excited to see what's gonna happen with this podcast in the future. You know, I'm I'm sure the next marketing community person will take over this hot seat well and lead this forward in the right direction but um but yeah no um keep following all the auric digital stuff you know we're all over on these different places so you can go off and see us on facebook on twitter on instagram you can follow us on linkedin if you want to wow. it's more businessy stuff on no there one includes that in we're on youtube you can find us on mixer on twitch you can find all over the place so there's a whole range of different places you can meet us and catch up with us um so I suppose there's not really much else to do, no. except for to say goodbye. I I mean I I didn't Bye. really. <laughs> <laughs> when it's gone, um, I didn't even think about maybe uh, prepping something to say really for this moment. Uh, this is quite a big moment. Bye. Layers. <laughs> Layers. No, I mean I'll, I'll take the opportunity. Yeah, okay. I'll take the opportunity. Yeah. Um, you've been a you've been a real energy. Thank you. Um, since since joining our digital, and you've been a real. A real buzz around the office, uh, both good and bad. Um, <laughs> and I'll, I'll never, not bad, but I'll never forget this little note you put up on this wall, if you can hear that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, the space something, space marketing monkey or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah that was yeah. one of the first things I saw. And I asked someone, oh, who did that? And they said it was Matt. And I was like, right. That's who Matt is. That's the sort of thing that he does. <laughs> That's the thing that I'll slap on a door and be like, this is exactly. how we do things together. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. 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 So, uh, yeah. So, yeah. No, thank you very much, Matt. I really do appreciate that. I think that's a very, very, very nice thing for you to say. So, uh, till next time. Bye. <laughs>